helping adult children is a noble idea, but doing it wrong can get you in trouble. Aging options, how can we help? I'm calling with a question about Medicaid. It's time to know your options and master your future. So I'm looking for some advice, things to consider about retirement community. My life, my plan, my way. He wanted us to roll his 401k in to an IRA, and we wondered if that was wise. LifePoint Law presents Aging Options with elder law attorney and life planning coach Rajiv Nagayich. Rajiv has one of the most innovative elder law practices in the country. Health, housing, finance, legal, and family. He has significant assets, and I'm just wondering how those assets can be protected. Know your options. There just didn't seem to be a thing that I mentioned that you didn't already know. Aging Options is not a law firm, but Rajiv is a lawyer. You should not reveal things you wish to keep confidential in this public setting. This program offers only general advice. Having your questions answered does not create an attorney-client relationship. Contact your attorney or other professional to discuss your unique needs before taking any action related to the subjects discussed in this program. Now, here is nationally recognized retirement planning authority and host of the national public television program, Master Your Future, Rajiv Nagayach. And welcome to Aging Options, another live edition on Aging Options where we talk all things aging. If you're aging, you've got retirement on mind, this is the place to be where we will unravel the mysteries, the questions that you have that you want to get answered. On today's edition of Aging Options, if you go to agingoptions.com, there are four stories that we have picked which we think are important for you to pay attention to. And we'll start start with the first story being that if a divorce is in your future, you need to consider these steps to protect yourself. Helping your adult children financially through the pandemic without a dashboard, that could be a bad plan. What is and a dashboard? pre-diabetes, geriatricians, insight tracker, and what else do you need to know? Why do people put off estate planning, and how can you get going? And that happens to be Scott Schill on the other side. He is our co-host, and he's a, uh, an elder law attorney at LifePoint Law. We work together, and he and I will be talking about these stories if you do not call us. I promise you what you have on your mind is probably more important than what we are going to be talking about. So phone lines are open. You can call us at 1-800-465-8770, 800-465-8770, if you have any question on your mind about retirement. And last week we talked about a pretty important story that was the long-term care bill that has been passed in the state of Washington, and we are getting a lot of calls from clients and non-clients alike in the office. What are your choices? Maybe that's a topic that you want to go ahead and broach. Uh, any topic that you want to talk about in retirement, whether it is wills, trusts, powers of attorney, legal issues, uh, if you're thinking about getting a divorce, what kind of issues should you be uh, talking about and generally are not going to be broached by a divorce attorney, but likely more important that you want to make sure that you have these questions answered. Anything that's on your mind, is open for her. Give us a call, 800-465-8770. Scott, let's talk with the first story that we have on our Aging Options blog, which is uh, about the divorces, about the bill 
and Melinda divorce, which has just opened up. I mean, what a shocker that was to, to most of us in the world. We are thinking such a stable couple. They've been doing things fine. They've kept their lives private. There was never a boo in, in the media uh, about what they were going through. And here we are. Totally shocking. Totally shocking. Yeah. And uh, especially around here. Uh, and I know we're not all sitting around water coolers anymore talking, but uh, this was this this was uh, an earthquake. This really was. And it, it kind of brings up the issue. And then when you take a look at the, the article, it kind of talks about that seniors, something called a gray divorce. Gray divorces, if you're 50 plus uh, and you're going through divorce, then it's a gray divorce. Chances are you probably are over 50. Most of the divorces today, about half the divorces today, happen to be involving people who are over, the, uh, over 50 years of age. And it is also likely that you've been married at least 20 years or more uh, and gone are the days where you said, oh, I've had my silver anniversary, and now we are probably not going to get divorced. Those days are far behind us. Many people yeah, are getting the, divorced. The issue that's the to fa- me, and this, this the fascinating part job. is that uh, younger people, the divorce rate's going down, but uh, for the baby boomers, the divorce rate's going up. And Scott, you know, interestingly, the divorce rate in the younger people is going down. Primarily, why? Because they are not fewer people at younger ages are getting married to begin with. That may be a reason that the people who do get married, they are probably less likely to go ahead and get divorced. Not as many people are getting married in the younger ages now. But be that as it may, that still does not take away the fact that there are more divorces amongst older people. And the reason why this article kind of struck a chord with me is what is the planning that you need to end up doing different than what a divorce attorney is going to end up doing? If you go through a divorce, it is likely that you're going to be focused on dividing assets. You'll be uh, looking at alimony issues, uh, spousal support, all those types of things. And you'll talk to attorneys and they'll do a good job trying to go ahead and, and split the assets so that everyone can somewhat be begrudgingly happy with whatever the split is going to be. But what is, an, uh, what is a divorce attorney not going to talk about? The rest of your life. After the divorce has happened and the divorce attorney is now done, they've done their job, life continues, doesn't it? And you have to look at the rest of your life and what do you want in the rest of your life? Well, no different than what you wanted before you got divorced and probably no different than what anyone else wants. I want to live a long, healthy life. I don't want to be financially distraught. I want to be functionally independent so I don't end up growing old, ending up in a nursing home against my wishes, becoming a burden to my loved ones or dying broke. Right? I mean, those are goals that you need to have. Could you have done something in the divorce process to further those goals? And my answer to you is absolutely yes, if you just think about it. Because when you are single, after a divorce, likely you don't have the assets that you had together, right? I mean, so you have got less assets. It is also quite likely that your income is a lot less now that you're only dependent on one income and you've got to make it happen. Now, the divorce attorneys will do a good job of splitting all the assets. But how are you going to make your new life turn out so that you don't end up in a nursing home against your wishes, become a burden or run out of money? You can do things in the divorce process, like incorporate the protections of a safe harbor trust. You talk us, you hear us talk about that all the time. 
So maybe through the court system, you have the safe harbor trust created and you have some of the assets put into the trust. Why? The single biggest financial threat you will ever end up facing in retirement once you are single after a divorce is if you fall ill and Medicare says there is no coverage. And you have to then look to either the VA, the Medicaid system, both systems available to you after you spend everything down to almost paltry amounts, almost nothing. But if you have a safe harbor trust, the assets in the safe harbor trust, if it is ordered properly by the court, they will not be considered to be your assets and they will not need to be spent down to anything. Therefore, you can protect your assets in a much more robust way. Scott? Yeah, well, I, you know, I think it's interesting, you know, you hit the nail right on the head, but I think it's interesting to think about why uh, divorce is increasing among older adults, because I think it does tie into the planning process. You know, people are thinking about personal fulfillment. They're thinking about, hey, as we uh, get older, uh, I, some people look at divorce as a, a chance for sort of freedom and personal fulfillment. It's kind of a different view of, <clears throat> you know, the marriage, uh, what, what marriage uh, is for. And <clears throat> I think as we think about these people that are, uh, you know, starting a, a new chapter in their lives and they say, hey, you know, as I get older, I want to be healthy and I want to be engaged and I want to be relaxed and I want to be, you know, I want to be fulfilled. I want self, self-fulfillment. Um and then that really does tie into as you as you get older and hey, at the end of the day, I want to be home and uh, I don't want to be a burden on anybody. And I, you know, I want to be financially secure. <clears throat> and so that's where the planning opportunities really come from. And, and you know, yeah. And, and the point that you end up making is a good one. I think that's the point of the article. I think you need to go read the article, reflect on it. Uh, clearly, why are people going through a divorce? But from a practical point of view, when I take a look at the same story, Scott, what comes to me is, okay, well, it's going to happen. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. And the point is not to look back, but to look forward. And practically speaking, what do I need to do differently than what we end up doing? Because you know that. I mean, you and I both are lawyers, and we've uh, looked at family law, and we understand what family law is. It is a process of dividing uh, assets. It is a process, if you have young children, dividing responsibilities and making sure we can identify the people who are responsible to take care of young children. Well, in gray divorces, unlikely that you're going to deal with young children. Bill and Melinda Gates certainly are not dealing with minor children at that time. They have children, yeah, and they're dealing with a lot of the emotional uh, issues. Uh, Clearly, they are. But what Bill and Melinda Gates are going to do is divide assets, assets, and income. Well, in their case, they don't need to worry about it. I think both of them are going to be well taken care of, however it ends up in their case. But the average person may not be that lucky. We've got assets, we've got income that we have to divide. How do we divide it so that we can look at the rest of our life, not just today? And that's the problem with the divorces. The divorce attorneys are not trained to look at estate planning issues or life planning issues, I dare say, and their focus is a very narrow focus. The divorce attorney's focus is going to be, I just need to focus on what's here today. How do I help you uh, accomplish the goal of, of dividing the assets and the income? And that's what we're going to do. But how that division is going to play out over the rest of your life is not generally something a divorce attorney is going to look at. A combination of a good elder law attorney or, or an, and a divorce attorney can change the dynamic within which you take a look at the divorce issue. And yeah, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, I, I think that it's not just the divorce attorney, but the 
the person that's getting divorced that uh, the, the view tends to be, uh, hey, this is a new step and, and this is going to be a, an opportunity for, uh, you know, uh, freedom and, and, and things like that. But it is, as you say, the, the right time to put the framework in place now so that no matter what happens down the road, you have comfort, you have planning opportunities to make sure that you enjoy that freedom and that you have comfort and peace of mind that down the road, you're going to you're going to be home and you're you're not going to be a burden on anyone and you will not outlive your assets. So you'll have protected your assets. And those are the types of things you can do now. So you don't have to worry about that down the road. Right. And it could be either before the divorce, during the divorce or after the divorce. I think there's certainly a step you need to take. Look, the phone lines are open. If this is something that you're dealing with or you know of somebody who's dealing with it, what kinds of steps should one end up taking? Give us a call. 800 465-8770. You can join the conversation and we can, can maybe put you in the right direction. Sorry to interrupt. I apologize. But uh, when you talk to people in this stage that they're thinking about uh, you know, retirement planning and, and thinking about the future, um, is it your experience that uh, people uh, don't think about uh, you know, that that being home and, and not being a burden part because they don't think there's anything they can do about it or it's just not on their radar screen at all? Scott, it could be any number of reasons. I think, you know, in the pit of our stomach, we watch our neighbors, friends, family members all grow old and they have bad scrapes. But uh, for for whatever weird reason, it could be that uh, it's wishful thinking on our part that I hope that doesn't happen to us. It's such a miserable uh, way to take a look at life that I'd, I'd much rather not think about it. Or it is, or for for many people, you know, if I have Alzheimer's, I'll have Alzheimer's. What can I do about it? I'll deal with it when I get there. Uh, it could be a defeatist attitude. It could be any number of attitudes that, that get people not to take action, not to have it in the forefront. And I think the biggest reason really is that we don't have effective enough solutions in our society. So when you think about these miserable issues, it's easier to go ahead and say, well, if I can't do anything about it, then why even think about it? Right? I think that's so true. It's so interesting to me that when people are getting ready for retirement, they get, uh, you know, get your financial plan and get your Medicare plan. All sorts of plans are thrown at them. Uh, and we can sort of say, okay, we can, we can get a hold of uh, making sure that we have a nice nest egg and we can talk to our lawyer and make sure that we have a will and those types of things. But in the back of our minds, uh, people think that they're just in the hands of fate when it comes to what you're just talking about. Oh, my God, if I have an illness, what's going to happen to me? Oh, my God, I hope I don't get uh, forced into a nursing home. And um, I think you're right. There's just there's no solutions available for people out there. Well, that, that's for darn sure. So that leaves the line open. If you have any questions, give us a call. Our phone lines are open, 800-465-8770. And talking about education, Scott, today at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, we do have a webinar that we are doing. They're talking about this exact issue of life planning. What is missing in our traditional planning uh, model? And what can you do differently to make sure that not only can you hope for a better outcome in life, but actually accomplish better outcomes in life? Uh, these are 
our seminars that are coming up. Uh, it's a webinar uh, today, and we'll be doing a live event next week on uh, Tuesday at 6 p.m. On our, in our Federal Way campus. We have a small number of openings, and with this uh, COVID uh, the mandate, the mask mandate that is now saying that you don't have to be masked if you're fully vaccinated, Great time for you to turn out. Look, it's time to get back to normalcy in life. If you've been thinking about coming to one of these seminars, getting some planning done, but don't know where to start, this is a great place for you to go ahead and get started. You can go to lifepointlaw.com. This lifepointlaw.com, and you can register for one of the upcoming seminars or webinar. And today's webinar is at 1 o'clock, and you can join us, and, and we talk about all these issues. Let's take a break. I think we've got the uh, the first break is coming up. Uh, but before we go down, I just want to kind of tease out. Yes, once again, we have what year was it? And I want you to take a guess. What year was it when the postage stamp was five cents in America? President Johnson had signed the Civil Rights Act. Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton were married and divorced after four months. And this was the most popular song of the year. Was it 1963? Was it 1964 or 65? It's one of those three years. It's not a, 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 a difficult choice to make, but try and guess what year was that. We'll give you the answer close to the 11 o'clock hour. We'll be back after this break. Seven out of ten Americans who plan for retirement outlive their money, become a burden on loved ones, and end up in a nursing home. That's a terrible track record. It's like getting on a plane that has a 70% chance of crashing. It's insanity. There is a better way. Learn how to create the kind of future you want at a groundbreaking retirement planning seminar hosted by LifePoint Law and presented by elder law attorney Rajiv Nagayich. You'll learn why traditional retirement planning advice fails so many seniors and what you should be doing instead. Join radio and TV host Rajiv Nagayich for an online class Saturday, May 15th at 1 p.m. or safe, limited seating in-person class Tuesday, May 18th at 6 p.m. in Federal Way. Visit LifePointLaw.com or call 253-838-3454. Controlling your future takes smart decisions today. 253-838-3454. LifePoint Law located at 319196 Avenue South Suite A100 Federal Way, Washington 98003. Safe, independent, living in comfortable surroundings. That's where we all want to be. It's no different for your parents and other elderly relatives, even as they age. How do you make it easier for them to stay in the home they love by bringing the care to them? HomeWatch Caregivers can help. With more than 40 years of experience providing compassionate care, HomeWatch Caregivers is America's oldest and most experienced home care company. We know what to do, we know how to help, and we know how to make care affordable. When you compare the cost and benefits of home care to nursing homes or other institutional settings, you'll be amazed at just how affordable in-home care can be. HomeWatch Caregivers, Western Washington's best home care. HomeWatch Caregivers. Call us today at 253-564-1006 to schedule your free consultation. That's 253-564-1006 or visit us on the web at homewatchcaregivers.com. Call us today at 253-564-1006. HomeWatch Caregivers, let our family take care of yours. Hi, I'm David Hooper. 
And I'm Corey Owen. Kings G Wealth Management is excited to be partnering with Rajiv Nagayesh in Aging Options. When it comes to financial planning, our mindset is very similar to Rajiv's. We call it the three C's of Kings G Wealth Management. The first C is for customized. Every client we work with has a customized financial plan. The second C is for consistent. We follow proven investment strategies, not short-term fads. We're driven by your long-term success, not by selling you on short-term transactions. The third C is for caring. We take your trust in us seriously. We are committed to doing what is best for you and your family. Customize, consistent, caring. That's Kingsview Wealth Management. To put our innovative approach to work for you, visit kingsview.com or call 206-531-0117. 206-531-0117. Kingsview Wealth Management. Customized, consistent, caring. Now back to Aging Options. My life, my plan, my way. Changing the way America thinks of, plans for, and navigates through retirement. With life planning coach, Rajiv Nagayich. And welcome back to Aging Options. This is Elder Law Attorney Rajiv Nagayich on Aging Options along with my co-host, Scott Schill. Also, Elder Law Attorney working at LifePoint Law. We work together closely. And today we are talking about all things aging, as we do always in every show. Uh, but today we were talking about if a divorce is in the future, what steps should you be taking to protect your future? Helping adult children without a dashboard could be a bad plan. But what the heck is a dashboard? Pre-diabetes, geriatricians, insight tracker. Hmm, what is all that about? And why do people put off estate planning? And what you need to do not to put it off. We talk about these stories. These are the four stories on agingoptions.com. But more important than the stories that we put up are your questions. Clearly, if you're aging, you have questions about retirement planning. It could be about how do you approach your housing issues so that you never end up in a nursing home? Is that even possible? It could be about... Hey, I've done a good job making, uh, creating a large enough nest egg. I know I'm financially secure, but how do I make sure that I don't become the next Casey Kasem? Maybe that's the question that you have. In the legal arena, should I have a will? Should I have a trust? What is the difference between a revocable living trust and a safe harbor trust? And how do I decide which is the right one for me? Any and all questions that touch aging and retirement, that's good fodder for you to be thinking and calling us about, and we can put you in the right uh, in the in the right direction. And talking about education today at one o'clock, we have a webinar. You can join us. I mean, each year, remember in the good old days, the pre-pandemic days, we used to do at least four seminars each month. And my whole commitment was to give people education about. What is traditional planning and why do 70% of the people following the traditional planning methodology fail in retirement? And what are your neighbors? What are people in the Seattle area doing differently to make sure that as they end up uh, growing older, they don't end up in a nursing home against their wishes, become a burden on their loved ones or run out of money? That seminar is today at 1 o'clock. You can go to lifepointlaw.com and register to join the seminar. There still is time, and yes, online, the good news is, as many people as want to join, you can actually end up joining. Don't let this opportunity go by. Take the chance, seize the reins, and shape your future so that it is what you want it to be, not what others want it to be. With that, let's go to our second story, Scott. Uh, And I think we have actually a caller on the line, so let's see if we can take a call. We got Jeff from Edmonds. Jeff, you're on the 
air with us. What's on your mind? Uh, good morning. Um, yeah, I do a lot of traveling, and uh, I'm just curious as to whether uh, I have solo bank accounts. And uh, can I allow, like, uh, somebody I appoint uh, access to those accounts if something tragic happens? Tragic as in death or tragic as in you're in a coma? Uh, either one. <laughs> and the short answer to that is, of course, yes. Scott? Uh, power of attorney for finances, which is putting someone uh, that we trust uh, to help step in and help manage our affairs if, if we need help doing that. And that, that, that's what happens if <clears throat> we need help while we're alive. And then, of course, we have uh, a will or a trust in place once we're gone to make sure that uh, everything is handled in an efficient and effective way that you want it. But you can do a power of attorney that that will uh, handle that situation then, right? Right, and that's... Exactly. That's... Yeah, and I, I was just going to say, you know, the, the, the big theme is, hey, how do we organize our affairs so that things are easy? We don't burden our loved ones or our agents or the people that are going to help step up and, and, and help us out. So on the power of attorney, you want to make sure that uh, you know, that they can act immediately. So there's there's two different kinds of powers of attorneys. Some are uh, what are called springing powers of attorney, and uh, which means that they only become effective after there's been some sort of determination of incapacity, and the others are immediately effective. Uh, the uh, you know if you want to make things easy, you want to put obstacles and hoops. Uh, and, and enable and empower your agents to act uh, when they need to, uh, then uh, try to get that power of attorney to be effective immediately is my, okay. my take. Would, would that that apply to, like, safe deposit boxes, too, as well? A power of attorney will allow your agent to do anything that you want to be able to do, or that you are able to do for yourself, including getting into safety deposit box. Sometimes, and you may want to check with the bank, if they say, we would like for you to have it specifically listed, then have the attorney or whoever you work with to get the power of attorney done, they can actually specifically uh, list it out that I give my agent the power to access safety deposit box in this particular bank. It should not be needed. Okay. Broad, good power of attorney will allow them to do it anyway. So, Jeff, the, the issue okay. that I want to kind of point out is you're asking all the right questions. I'm glad that you're thinking about getting somebody in charge, particularly if you're single, as I understand you said you were. But the issue that you're not paying attention to is just as important. The issue that you're talking about is how do I make sure that I can make it for other people to manage my affairs? But what, what do you want them to manage for you? Think about that for a second. What are you thinking okay. that even if you give somebody power of attorney, what do you want them to do for you? I basically have access to whatever I've accumulated over the past you know, 50 or 60 years. To what so, end? Um, basically, um, equitable distribution to loved ones, I guess. 
Right. So you're talking now about death, right? That if you die, then you want there to be equitable distribution upon your passing. And and the power of attorney does not help with that. For that, you're going to have to do either a will or a trust. A power of attorney is a document you give somebody who can manage your finances, your health care if you become ill. But it is only good as long as you're alive. The moment you die, the power of attorney dies with you. And at that time, either the will or a living trust will take over on your behalf. The reason why I was asking okay. you this very uncomfortable question about, okay, to what end? And you said, well, to make an equitable distribution. Well, guess what? I mean, the equitable distribution, it is totally important, and you do need to give it some thought. Mm-hmm. But I dare say that while you're living, if you fall ill, you will probably have other issues that are going to be more important than an equitable distribution. And the one thing that probably is going to be more important you will want to, if you fall ill and, 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 and uh, somebody else is to start managing your affairs, you will want to have them help you not end up in a nursing home, protect your money, and make sure that you are doing it in such a fashion so that you do not become a burden on them. And a power of attorney, a traditional power of attorney by itself is probably not going to accomplish that. For that, you have to kind of do some forward thinking and say, okay, well, just pretend for a second you're in the hospital. You gave the power of attorney to your niece, nephew, friend, neighbor, somebody you gave the power of attorney to, and you end up in the hospital. And in the hospital, you can't speak for yourself. And that's, this power of attorney agent is standing in front of a nurse, and the nurse is saying, you know, Jeff is doing pretty well. We gave him uh, good treatment. I think he's going to come out of it just fine. But in a day or two, we need to transfer him out of the hospital. He doesn't need to live here. We need to send him to some rehab center someplace. Where would you like for us to, to send him to? Chances are at that time, Jeff, you will be saying, I want to go back home. Why? Because the idea about going from home to a hospital to yet another place where you don't have any control over your life, everyone is going to be telling you what to do, and you don't know anyone in this community, is less appealing than if I'm going to get rehab, can I get rehab in my own home? That probably is going to be a lot more attractive to you. And unless until you kind of think about these issues ahead of time and then share these these ideas with your power of attorney and make plans within the power of attorney that the day that I fall ill, here is what I want you to do. To what end? To the end of making sure that when I fall ill that you are able to keep me at home, not put me in a nursing home. And you are able to do that without you, the agent, becoming my unpaid caregiver. That takes a little bit more planning. The point that I'm making to you is you're asking all the right questions. But I dare say that if you just stay stuck with the traditional planning questions, you will have the power of attorney. And despite having the power of attorney, chances are rife that you will not be able to live out your life in your own home. Chances are quite high that you will not be able to protect your money from uncovered medical and long-term care expenses because that's not what traditional planning really focuses on. And chances are really high that your agent will be stuck having to figure everything out at the last minute because you did not do any of the planning ahead of time. Does that kind of sort of make sense? So my suggestion to you would be, if you get a chance to go to lifepointlaw.com and attend one of the seminars, this is exactly what I tell people, what you need to do differently. Traditional planning is about pulling documents together. Documents will not save the day. So it sounds like a person needs a power of attorney and a will then to cover most of the A power of attorney and a will, and the power of attorney has to be chock full of instructions about what the agent is supposed to do with the power of attorney, which is the missing piece in traditional planning. 
Okay. And you cannot even do the chock full of instructions unless until you have thought about the, the uh, thought about these issues carefully and then work with somebody to come up with a plan. It's easy to say, hey, don't put me in a nursing home. I want to stay at home. Really? How? How do I pull that off? <laughs> right? I mean, everyone says that. I don't want to go to a nursing home. But how are you going to pull it off? And that's what we can help you do that. Go to LifePoint Law. Okay. Attend one of the seminars. And if nothing else, at least go get a power of attorney and a will. Yes. Can I, can I add one point there, uh, sure, Jeff? Go ahead. Sure. And that, it, that is that uh, in doing this type of uh, work and thinking, in one hand, yeah, you, you make sure that you think about what you want. And if you want to be home, that, uh, you know, that, that is communicated. The nice thing about a power of attorney, a traditional power of attorney even, is that you're putting someone in charge that you know and trust rather than having a stranger appointed by a judge. But that person that you're putting in charge is – they have a lot of power, but the power to do what? They don't know. So it's a little bit overwhelming and, and, and challenging for them. But if you go through and you, you go to the uh, you know seminar and learn uh, how to put together the kind of the guidance and resources or the instructions, as Rajiv said, then you really make it easy for them. And um, uh, so it's a, it's a you're doing something nice not only for yourself to make sure that you have the outcome that you want, but you're also really helping the person uh, make it easy for them. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Good luck as okay. you're going through the planning, asking yeah. all the right questions, and and One more uh, thing. I know uh, you'll be okay. I've been wanting to hold uh, I've been wanting to hold Rajiv's hand since 1964. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Thank okay. you, Jeff. Age on, and that takes us down to the break. And before we go to the step out into the break, what year was it when the U.S. postage stamp was five cents? President Johnson had just signed the Civil Rights Act. Elizabeth Taylor, Rich Burton were married and divorced within four months. And this was the most popular song of the year. Was 63, 64, or 65? We'll give you the answer at the 11 o'clock hour. Take a guess. We'll be back right after the break. Seven out of ten Americans who plan for retirement outlive their money, become a burden on loved ones, and end up in a nursing home. That's a terrible track record. It's like getting on a plane that has a 70% chance of crashing. It's insanity. There is a better way. Learn how to create the kind of future you want at a groundbreaking retirement planning seminar hosted by LifePoint Law and presented by elder law attorney Rajiv Nagayich. You'll learn why traditional retirement planning advice fails so many seniors and what you should be doing instead. Join radio and TV host Rajiv Nagayich for an online class Saturday, May 15th at 1 p.m. or safe, limited seating in-person class Tuesday, May 18th at 6 p.m. in Federal Way. Visit LifePointLaw.com or call 253 3454. Controlling your future takes smart decisions today. 253-838-3454. LifePoint Law located at 319-1970 South Suite A100 Federal Way, Washington 98003. Now back to aging options. Health, housing, finance, legal, and family. My life, my plan, my way. Know your options. Here is life planning coach Rajiv Nagayich. And welcome back to Aging Options. This is Elder Law Attorney Rajiv Nagaj, along with Scott Schill. 
two attorneys for the price of one. And you can get your answer. I don't know if that's a a blessing or a curse. (laughs) We don't know, but we'll figure this out. So you've got two attorneys you can talk to. If you have any questions about retirement planning, if you're thinking about your future, how should you shape it, how should you approach it? And really, I'm surprised that that, we should have a lot of questions about this long-term care law that got passed. Uh, Scott, you and I talked about this uh, last week, and we... Uh, basically shared with the people that you stuck with the bill. The question is, which is the better bill to pay? Should you pay the taxes, which could be possibly a lower bill? Or if you're going to be stuck paying a bill, should you just step up to the plate and say, well, if I'm going to pay somebody, I may as well pay somebody that's going to give me the better answer of the two. So what is the Washington State Long-Term Care Act and what should you be doing? If you have questions about that, yep, we got the phone lines open, 800 465-8770. That's 1-800-465-8770. We can probably put you in the right direction. Scott, the second story that we have there today is helping adult children without a dashboard could be a bad plan. But what the heck is a dashboard? Talk to me about that story. Yeah, so it's fascinating. Of course, over the last year with the pandemic, uh, it turns out that nearly half of U.S. parents have supported their adult kids financially. Wow, that is a a shocking figure. And uh, it's not insignificant uh, sums of money. Uh, The average amount for household incomes of more than 80,000 is about $8,530. So that that raises a whole uh, barrel of issues, Rajiv, doesn't it? It does. It certainly does. And, and really the issue, you know, I, I, I'll fess up to this and I'll be the first to acknowledge that if my children walk in my life and they need help, I mean, I would, I would do whatever I need to do to go ahead and help them. But this is a sobering tale up here. So uh, yeah. should you help your children even though you may be putting yourself a little bit at risk? Do you know whether you're putting yourself at risk by helping your children? That's the question, Scott, isn't it? That is the right question. And I think, as you said uh, to me previously, hey, you know, when you're on an airplane, they say if the oxygen masks come down, uh, put down, put the oxygen mask on yourself before you help your kids. And, um, you know, I think that's a that's a that's the right idea. So the question is, if you're we all have that instinct to help our kids. And the question is, what is going to be the impact on our uh, life and our retirement if we do so. And lots of people don't know the answer to that question. And that's really where a a dashboard comes in. Dashboard kind of says, hey, let's look at the big picture. Let's look at our our assets and our expenses in retirement and our uh, income and kind of say, okay, we can help our kids and we're still gonna be okay. We're not gonna outlive our, our, our resources. But, you know, and and, and, uh, even though you and I can talk about the dashboard rather easily, this is not something that uh, is easily heard of in the financial planning circles, is it? No, that's right. And I think this is especially a message that's important for people of all ages, from the ages of your, you know, 50s on, where you're really sort of thinking about, uh, yeah, what is my target retirement date? When should I take Social Security? Should I have a long-term care insurance plan? Uh, and, uh, you know, what is, how much can I, I, you know, we've worked hard and we've saved and we've built this nest egg. 
how much can we safely withdraw each month in retirement and be comfortable that, hey, we can enjoy, we can spend, and we're not going to be at risk of outliving our uh, retirement. So it's a big peace of mind uh, asset. And I, I, um, uh, I think you had David Hooper on last week from uh, Kingsview Management. He's, he's one of those types that, uh, that puts together the dashboard. Right. And, and the, the import of this story, really, the reason why this story is important is that, look, you and I, as parents, we know during the pandemic, many of our children are living in the house and, you know, my my kids are living with us and I want them to be living with us. Uh, this is the right answer for them to do. And, and then also many of us ended up helping our children who may not have, who may have lo- lost jobs or financially they were not there. The import of this story really is before you do that, don't, don't say no. I mean, that's nobody's going to advocate for that. At least I'm not going to advocate for that, that you should say no. But you should know your limits as to how far you should be helping somebody. And helping doesn't always mean that you help uh, have to help financially if you're not able to do so. So step one, before you go to your children and before when the children come to you and they say, uh, I need some help, you need to go ahead and sit down and figure out that by helping them, would you be putting your financial uh, house in jeopardy? That's the financial dashboard that, Scott, you were talking about. The second question is going to be, if you're going to help somebody, what kind of terms are you going to put on there? Because it's just not about you. Uh, so I'll give you an example of a case that we dealt with uh, a few years ago, some years ago, where mom and dad, uh, two children, one son, one daughter. The son happened to be a physician. The daughter happened to be a school teacher. The son was in a stable marriage. The daughter had been divorced twice. She had three children. And the parents wanted to help the daughter buy a house, and they were going to give a chunk of money to this daughter so she could actually buy the house. And, and this, this thing came to the surface, and the son was was extremely offended. Why would you go ahead and help the daughter and not help me? Well, you don't need the money. Well, that's not the point. And the son was saying, that's not the point. Uh, I mean, my sister had the same opportunities to go to med school. She could have gone to med school if she wanted to. Why are you treating me differently? So how is this going to impact the relationship between your children? If you're going to be helping one child, should you be sharing that with your children? What kind of terms are you going to put? How are you going to protect yourself? So if you give somebody... Let's say small amounts of money, 5000 10000 or you give them large amounts of money, fifty, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars $200,000. If you're going to give somebody, how do you protect yourself so if tomorrow they have to declare bankruptcy, that you are protected? You are not just another creditor standing in line, but you're ahead of everyone else because you helped somebody. These are well, all I think the, the issues big, that you The bigger issue, Rajiv, which actually I'd like to get your take on, is you know, we see this this issue, which is family dynamics and, and, and money and fairness and equity uh, and how families address these issues in all sorts of different contexts. And one, you know, one context is <clears throat> as parents get older and oftentimes one sibling, one of the kids, you know, does, does the majority of the work. They really help the parents and they do all of the, uh, you know, all the, all the heavy lifting. Uh, and uh, sometimes that's, that's not reflected in uh, in how the inheritance is handled or how how they're compensated. I'd like to hear your take on on how do families navigate that? How do families, you know, deal with that type of situation uh, in a way that everyone feels um, uh, that fair and there's family harmony and there's not discord and contention around. Well, how it is handled, how should we handle are two different things. How it's handled really is this. 
typical person will go down to a lawyer and say, I want to get a will in place. And the will will typically say, if I have a spouse, when I die, I leave everything to the spouse. And when my spouse is dead, I expect that everything is going to be divided equally to all our children. That's how it happens. And along the way comes uh, one of the child who takes care of mom and dad for five or six, seven years, extended period of time, gives up their time, maybe even cuts down on the job, goes from full-time to part-time to help mom and dad. And so everyone is happy about that because, look, I mean, what a wonderful sibling that we have, and they're helping mom and dad not end up in a care facility or they're making sure that their needs are met. Now mom and dad are both gone. What's the first question that comes up? Oh, where's the will? What does the will say? I divide everything equally. Well, how equal was this stupid distribution? You have one of the children become a doormat for four or five or six years, and the will does not make any provisions to recognize the efforts that have saved the entire estate a lot of money. But for this one child, we would have been paying either assisted living or caregivers coming into the house. So we clearly have enhanced the value of the estate by having the child. Not only did our quality of life improve, because of this one child, but we've also saved money in the estate, and now everyone wants to go ahead and say, hey, mom and dad wanted everything to go equal. That's just the right thing to do. How equal is this stupid distribution? That's what my point is. And so you need to have in your wills, your trust, your powers of attorney, provisions that anticipate this reality, which is a reality in majority of the families, and have provisions that say, look, if a child has taken care of us, in any capacity, then that person should be compensated the same as we would be willing to compensate somebody else if this child had not provided that care to give us the same outcomes. And the only requirement should be that there should be some accounting, there should be some writing, there should be a process that has to be followed so everyone in the family knows who is providing the care and what kind of, uh, uh, what, what kind of compensation is afforded. And if possible, pay them contemporaneously. So you don't have to worry about it. Yes, the will will be equal, but along the way, that one child who was taking care of mom or dad, they are compensated the way they should be. That's right. I, and I find that most of my clients, what they want to say is, hey, look, I don't want my kids to be my caregiver. I want them to, I want to give them the guidance and resources so that they can get help. They get the support. They get professionals to come in and help organize things. But if one of the kids does uh, choose to, to uh, have that role, then, yeah, they get compensated, that it's fair. Um, and, you know, I think you find, because uh, I think your, your practice is, and ours and mine is similar, that by spelling things out, you just uh, nip uh, contention in the bud. Even spelling out, like you just said, if someone does do it, how do they get paid? So there's not even fighting about, you know, what is fair compensation in this context? You spell everything out ahead of time and then you, uh, you know, you avoid the, the disharmony that uh, otherwise might might grow. Right. But that sadly just takes a lot of time to go ahead and do that. So a lot of people don't end up doing it. Look, we are coming out to the break. We should take our uh, break. And when we come back, before we slip out to the ba- break, what year was it when the U.S. Post uh, stamp, the, the postage stamp was five cents? President Johnson had just signed the Civil Rights Act. Liz Taylor and Richard Burton were married and then divorced within four months. And this was the most popular song of the year. I want to hold your hand. I want to hold your hand. Was it 1963, 64, or 65? You take a guess. When we come back in the next break, we'll be after this break, we'll give you the answer. And uh, hopefully you got the answer right. We'll be back right after this break. 
7 out of 10 Americans who plan for retirement outlive their money, become a burden on loved ones, and end up in a nursing home. That's a terrible track record. It's like getting on a plane that has a 70% chance of crashing. It's insanity. There is a better way. Learn how to create the kind of future you want at a groundbreaking retirement planning seminar hosted by LifePoint Law and presented by elder law attorney Rajiv Nagayich. You'll learn why traditional retirement planning advice fails so many seniors and what you should be doing instead. Join radio and TV host Rajiv Nagayich for an online class Saturday, May 15th at 1 p.m. or safe, limited seating in-person class Tuesday, May 18th at 6 p.m. in Federal Way. Visit LifePointLaw.com or call 253-838-3454. Controlling your future takes smart decisions today. 253-838-3454. LifePoint Law located at 319 South Suite A100 Federal Way, Washington 98003. Hi, I'm David Hooper. And I'm Corey Owen. We're with Kingsview Wealth Management. If you're a regular listener of the Aging Options Radio Show, you know that traditional retirement planning sets you up to fail. That's why the Kingsview financial planning process is anything but traditional. So you can live out your life in your home, avoid becoming a burden on your family, and avoid running out of money. We do this by creating a customized financial plan that takes into consideration all your goals and concerns. You'll get a retirement blueprint, an investment approach, and a long-term healthcare strategy that empowers you to live your best retirement. We'll also work with the other professionals on your team to make sure there are no gaps in your retirement plan. Now is the time to call a financial advisor. Don't put it off. Customized, consistent, caring. That's Kingsview Wealth Management. Visit kingsview.com or call 206-531-0117. Kingsview Wealth Management, 206-531-0117. Call today. Does someone you love need care in the home? An elderly parent or relative? A spouse dealing with a long-term illness? Maybe a family member facing a disability? HomeWatch Caregivers can help. With more than 40 years of experience providing compassionate care, HomeWatch Caregivers is America's oldest and most experienced home care company. We know what to do, we know how to help, and we know how to make care affordable. Whether you need help on a full-time basis or just a few hours a week, our trained and experienced caregivers are matched to meet your needs. We can even help with access to on-call physician support along with in-home care. Why not let our family take care of yours? HomeWatch Caregivers, Western Washington's best home care. Call us today at 253-564-1006 to schedule your free consultation. That's 253-564-1006, 253-564-1006, or visit us on the web at homewatchcaregivers.com. Homewatch Caregivers, let our family take care of yours. Now back to Aging Options. My life, my plan, my way. Changing the way America thinks of, plans for, and navigates through retirement with life planning coach Rajiv Nagayich. And welcome back to Aging Options. This is Elder Law Attorney Rajiv Nagayich with Scott Schill, also an elder law attorney, both of us working at LifePoint Law and bringing and talking, bringing news about aging and talking about aging to you each and every Saturday. If you have any questions, the phone lines are open. We may be able to slip in one or 
one question at least. 1-800-465-8770. 1-800-465-8770. Scott, before we left, you know, we were talking about the stories that we have on the on, on our Aging Options uh, blog. And one of the stories that we have on the blog is uh, actually two of them. Uh, the one that I want to focus on is uh, are, you, are you putting off estate planning and why does that happen? Why do people put off estate planning even though most of us know that it is something important to do what did you make of that story yeah i gotta say some of these uh articles on the blog are really uh shockers and uh just out of the blue this one doesn't shock me but except to the extent that uh the problem is bigger than i than i thought which is that um uh something on the order of 30 percent of people uh, 65 and older don't even have a will, um, you know. And I, I, but I think the reason is is pretty clear. It's it's a, a topic that people are not uh, uh, super interested in and in spending a lot of time um, thinking about. But on the other hand, it's something that's very important to people, which is, hey, my family and legacy. Uh, part of it is who gets what when I'm gone, and and. I want to make sure that uh, my affairs are in order and things are orderly and there's family harmony. Everyone's on the same page. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts, Rajiv? Well, clearly, I think the issue is not whether whether estate planning is important. I think most of us will agree. You talk to any rational person and say, hey, should you prepare a will, powers of attorney, trust? And we all know we should be preparing it. The question to me becomes, then how come people don't do it? And the answer is quite simple. Uh, this is an issue that we will need to confront someday. It's not today. It's almost like, you know, till somebody has a heart attack, we don't exercise. Yeah, we, we know we need to exercise. We'll start exercising someday. But go see a person who just had a heart attack. You'll start finding them uh, running the treadmill, running the streets, and you see a lot of people. So that's the issue with it. Traditional estate planning, the way that we go about describing it and defining it is all about die, die, die planning. And who really wants to talk about dying? Right? But if you change the conversation and say, look, effective estate planning can be a lot more than just dying, yeah, the dying part is important. We'll get to it. But more important things are, how about we help you live a long, healthy life, one where you are financially secure all the way to the end, and to a point where the outcomes are going to be that you can not only hope for, but live your life in your own home all the way to the end. You're part of the 30% who are going to accomplish that, not the 70% who will fail. You can do planning that will help you not become a burden on loved ones even after you fall ill because you will have given them clear directions. You will, you will engage in planning that will assure that even if you have a small to medium-sized estate, you have taken steps to protect yourself from the single biggest financial threat people face and they go bankrupt over, which is having to deal with uncovered medical and long-term care expenses. I mean, that's a different way of looking at the whole thing. But traditional planning in law school, you and I were taught it's all about who gets what when I die, how do I die, who's going to manage my stuff till I die. Not a very sexy topic to, to be focused on. And so I think you change the dynamic. Right. I think people think about the, estate planning, and I think traditional estate planning reinforces this idea that it's about dying and about what happens after we die. But it really is about the quality of life. And if people uh, flip the switch and sort of saw it from that perspective and understood that it's really about ensuring that with the right planning, you can make sure that you 
don't end up in a nursing home and that you're not a burden on your family and that you protect and preserve your assets, then uh, it might be a little more uh, exciting to uh, go and get that estate tax planning done sooner rather than later. Yeah, not only exciting, it'll be something that I can relate to. Yeah, this is something that I want to work towards, right? It's not to say that I don't want to work towards preparing a will, trust, positive attorney. That that happens a lot. I mean, most of us deal with people who walk into the office and say, I want to do basic estate planning. That's great. But I think if you change the context and say, if you're going to take time to go ahead and plan, then let's do something a little bit more meaningful, you know, live a long, happy life be financially secure and be functionally independent, and we can show you how to do that, all of a sudden you start saying that, okay, well, if I'm going to do planning, I'm not going to see a lawyer for this part of it, a financial planner for that part of it, a mortgage broker for the third piece of it, a doctor for the fourth piece. I can go to one place and make it happen. And that's the beauty of life planning. I think today at 1 o'clock when we have the webinar, I'll show you exactly what traditional planning is and why it fails people. But if you can just weave a thread between the different aspects of retirement life, how you approach health care, how you approach housing, finance, legal, and you don't have to go to 10 different places to go and can 10 different attitudes and answers. You can go to one place. You can come up with a master plan, and then you can implement the plan and hold professionals accountable. That we can do. That won't take me as much effort as running to 10 different people. So the headache that you end up getting of having to deal with unfiltered conversations, unfiltered information, which is going to pull you in many different directions. You take that away, and I suspect that more people will want to go ahead and do planning. Well, Rajiv, I know you're going to talk about it at 1 o'clock today on the webinar, but can you give people you know, an example when you say, hey, by my estate planning, I can help improve their quality of life. I can help uh, keep them out of a nursing home. What, what do you mean? What's an example of that? What are the types of things that you as a lawyer – can do to uh, to help towards that goal? There, there are several examples, but the biggest one that comes to me is this, that there are different ways that life is going to unfold, and one of the ways that it could unfold, the scariest way that it can unfold, is if I fall ill and I'm no longer able to manage my own affairs, I need my agents to act on my behalf. And in that condition, I end up in the medical community, I end up, let's say, in a hospital. And I have total confidence that between my two boys and my one girl, they will be able to advocate for me. I have no doubt they will do the right thing for me. But what they will do is just an assumption on my part, right? And so proper planning will say that when the nurse is going to say to my agent, uh, which rehab center do you want to take your dad to? There's no doubt in my mind where I want rehab is in my own home, darn it. I don't want to go to rehab center if I can avoid it. But I don't want to have my daughter have a battle with the hospital community, nor do I want my daughter to become my unpaid uh, rehab therapist, which she is not equipped to do. She is going to law school. She is not a, a therapist. And so I have a plan in place that basically says to my daughter, the moment I fall ill, call 911, and the second call you're going to make is to this nurse. And you're going to put this nurse in charge of making sure they bring me back home because I've had that conversation. I have a plan with this nurse that she will be the one advocating for me to come back home so my children don't have to become the unpaid caregivers, nor do they have to fight this battle with the hospital who would much rather, which would much rather put me in a rehab center. That's one small so, example of the whole thing. That's a great, that's a great example. And I think that, that you know, you put a point on a, a really important point is just, why does there have to be a battle? Why, why does, do your kids have to know to step up and advocate? Why, why is the hospital going to put you on the, on the train towards institutional care and institutional aging? What? 
And, and the bottom line is because that's our custom, it's culture. You, you remember the movie uh, Fiddler on the Roof? Why does it happen? Tradition. Traditionally, <laughs> Scott, <laughs> we live in a society, people end up in a hospital, they are going to go to a rehab center, just as the play. Really, according to whom? According to the people who get to make a lot of money by putting in a rehab center. Think about it. The average person in a rehab center gets rehab one hour a day. For 23 hours, I'm hugging my bed. For one hour, I go down and get rehab. Why can't I get that rehab in my own home? Because I never thought that there was a way that I could do it. When a person in authority, a hospital physician, a discharge planner says, you need to go to a rehab center, we don't even think many times I even have an option. And every now and then you hear families battling the medical community. And when you start battling, it's not generally a good outcome. So anyway, we have all these issues that we'll be talking about today at 1 o'clock. Go to lifepointlaw.com. We've got a online seminar coming up today. And then on Tuesday at 6 o'clock at night, we've got a live seminar. If you're vaccinated and you want to come to a live seminar, get your uh, life back to some sense of normalcy. Go to agingoptions.com, register for one of these two events, and we will show you how you can have a better outcome in life. Scott, what year was it when the U.S. postage stamp was five cents? President Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act. Liz Taylor, Richard Burton were married and then divorced in four months, and this was the most popular song of the year. Was it 1964? Was it 1965? And if you guess, Scott, what did you guess? I would guess 1964, but it's before my time, Rajiv. What do I know? 64, you're a winner. Thank you all for aging, uh, for aging on with Aging Options. We will see you next time, same as uh, next week, same time, same place. Age on, everyone. <laughs>